Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Going to be with you on a Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Soggy as it is today. Still another day closer, my friends. Another day closer. Just 46 days away from the start of college football. As we noted at the start of the show, 55 Marvin Jones days away from playing football for FSU. And not long now before we're headed on down the road or up the road to uh, Charlotte, I should say. Tom, myself, will... Hop in the uh, vehicle, as that guy just got done saying. As a truck driver. Okay. He's, uh, that's who he is. It's ridiculous. He's a mess. Mr. Mackey? Yeah. It's a slower sort of, yeah. That's why it sounds like it's a spoof commercial. I don't believe it. Every time I see it, I'm like, I hear it. I'm like, come on. It's my new favorite. It's awesome. Uh, that said, anyhow, we'll be in the, in the vehicle having a good time, ready to go, and talking, um, you know. All things Florida State, on the field, real stuff. No more speculation, although that's fun too. Speculative is good. I, Tom, the path, by the way, we didn't get to finish the way I wanted to. South Carolina State win, Bowling Green win. How do you get to over? BC win. It's in Bobby Dodd. Don't you shake your head at me. It's in Bobby Dodd. Three. Then uh, Syracuse in Virginia. That's five. That's how you get there. So the biggie, the biggie if you're scoring at home is that roadie at Virginia. That's the one where you got to buckle in. <laughs> As a truck driver, I love Virginia. Uh, that's that's the toughie. Hmm. I'm going to spend way too long tonight doing this. Yukon's at four and a half. Remember when they, you could get them like at a half? UConn's at four. That's not basketball in November? No. Houston's at five. Pitt Panthers. What's Vegas think about Pitt? Seven and a half. Seven. Yeah. 
Seven. Arkansas is also seven. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Been a minute. Oh my goodness gracious! We do this every year, you and I. Army. Ooh, isn't this a down year for Army? I, it's the same year every year. It's, it's just an on repeat over sometimes and over and over, and over 11, again. And sometimes they're six and six. Uh, three and a half. Six. Must be an up year Must for Army. It Must be an up year. Right. Just read a long article, by the way, and I don't like it. I don't like it. I want you to know that now. Army's coach wants to get them away from running option. No. No. By law, you have to run the option. Discharge. That's right. Get You're him out. out of here. You're out. You got to go. That's not what we do around here. What are you trying to run? Some pro-style offense. Some nonsense pro-style offense. See what that's done for Nebraska. They wish they were running that triple option back, back in the day, dominating folks. I did love that. I loved when you had an offense that was truly unique. Like it could have been the air raid, which was nonsense, or it could be the triple option, which is what it is. But I always liked that that was unique to college football, that there were these offenses that nobody was really running in the NFL because you couldn't get away with it. But you could do it in college, and if you did it really, really well, it was yours, and it was hard to stop. It's hard to deal with. However, now in the pros, there is more variety. Oh, there are elements of all these offenses now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I remember back in the day they called it, you know, all, you had the air raid, you had the running gun, you had all these different offenses. So, that yeah, that's Army's new coach because Munkin is, is done, right? Didn't he leave? Yeah, it's going to be all these damn Army questions, Tom, on a Monday. I don't know. I didn't pay uh, attention. You brought Army up. I'm sorry. I, just, I, I gave you the win total. I don't know. I don't know who's coaching them. <laughs> Reminder, don't ask No, Jeff I just, I'm not breaking account. down Army in the offseason. I'll, I'll lock in when the time's right before I make my bet on Army. I mean, I'll go. <laughs> I think you may be right. Tell us the answer since you brought it up. I do want to know. Now he's back. Now, see? Then why does he want to change? Because they're not doing what he wants them to do. Oh, he feels Nia like left. That's what. Yeah, over oh, at Navy. Oh, Navy. Okay, yeah, he was done. It, yes. All right, that's what it was. Yeah. What? What was the reason for that? Wasn't there was something weird with performance? That? I think <laughs> they were slipping. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Uh, uh, news locally here in Tallahassee involving Florida State. It's not a big deal I don't think but after what was an awful season our own Ira Chaffel writes for warchant.com that um, they got some bad news sophomore point guard Chandler Jackson uh, who was expected to compete for a starting job this year was a, ba- a backup as a freshman last year he's been suspended from the team and here's the quote Florida State head coach Leonard Hamilton announced Sunday night that rising sophomore Chandler Jackson has been suspended indefinitely from the Seminole basketball team. 6'5", 215 from Memphis. You know, uh, the program feels like it's uh, stagnant. It's got some issues. He missed eight weeks due to injury, so I don't even know what he was going to be. He did play in 29 games. He started a game. But he had a hand injury, and you never could really tell what he was going to be. So I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a big deal or not. It feels like it might be. Uh, it's a big deal in that it was an FSU release. They don't usually comment on these things. So that Coach Ham gives the green light to comment on an indefinite suspension says that has to be something pretty bad. It may be. Um, uh, it doesn't do us any good to speculate. I was sure. Gonna, yeah. But you know how it yeah. usually goes. Yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have the whole team. You go through the preseason interviews. Everybody's great. And then somebody's in street clothes for the first three games of the season. You're like, well, where the hell did that come from? And coach will say, I'm not going to comment on 
you know, internal matters. But this is a press release in the dead of summer. That's that's something different. Uh, the other bit of bad news was that, did you see Baumeister where he got selected? Uh, early enough. Yeah. He was selected 63rd by the Orioles, and if you look at that slot value, that's over a million two. Damn it, man. I didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> I was thinking he's going to be part of the solution. Mm. All right. He's going to be part of the roster clearing. Yeah, it's it's he's uh, 21 years old, so he's eligible, and that's how that goes, and he got picked, and Boy. that's a lot of money. He threw a good game on the road at TCU and how we thought the program was in much better hands at that point. That was the second week of the season. We took two or three from TCU on the road, and you thought, man, could they be turning it around quicker? And then from there, just about nothing went right. The the stuff plays really well, and I think if he's in the right situation, I think Florida State would have been good, certainly, to have him back. But that that certainly stinks. Um, so we'll see what happens. But two notes specific to Florida State. One basketball, not good. One baseball, you're happy for the kid. Uh, he was a bit of a bright spot, but um, it doesn't look like we'll have him now. So it will be interesting to see what uh, Florida State looks like when they do take the field. I had a conversation the other day. Eric Llewellyn, play-by-play announcer for Florida State, came up and saw Chip Baker, and we were talking baseball, and they loved the, the roster changes that are happening. And he, he was saying that Baumeister was kind of like a coin flip at that moment. We were talking about it, but he likes the, what they're efforting to do. They'll be a much better team next year, just a question of how much better. And we're not where we want to be, and we're probably not going to be close to where we want to be because where we want to be is back in Omaha. But we saw the difference between the teams out there and the teams here. Although that said, you know, we went on the road and took two of three from TCU, could have won that third game if not for an error, and that team went to the College World Series. So it can turn very quickly. It can. Uh, baseball can do that, but you would like to think the sustainability is possible in the near term. And that's where I – I am in total agreement with you when you get nervous about conference realignment, how it pertains to conference TV revenue, payout, funding, all these kinds of things. Baseball and basketball are squarely in the crosshairs. They really are for a long period of time. You might be able to patch together something over the next five years for those two programs. You certainly will be able to for football, but the sooner we can get to a better financial situation, the sooner that these programs – we can boast about them the way that LSU is. Yes. Yeah, they're thrilled about our game in Orlando. They can't wait to play that game against us in Orlando. But you know what else they're doing? Still celebrating a College World Series. That is where we talk about the money disparity all the time, where we've seen credible evidence. I mean, when you have five national champions from the same conference in five consecutive years and they're all different, well, yeah. I mean, it, it, there's, there's little doubt where – Baseball's excellence resides. And that's where basketball is going. It's already kind of there, but that's You're starting where it's going. Yes. Yeah. Frustrating. This, is our, concern, this is our concern, dude. This is going to be the thing that we're most interested in hearing. The And I can't describe him the way that I would if you and I were just sitting here having a conversation. The commissioner uh, of the ACC will be very interesting to hear uh, the confidence or lack thereof in his voice as he addresses us all in, in a couple of weeks. What has changed from year Nothing. to year, though? Nothing has changed right. at this point. He's screwed. He's in he the was same screwed exact last position. Year. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't fake confidence a year ago when he needed to, when he desperately needed to, and that was the first chance he had to, and he failed that one miserably and then pled to our staunchest enemy for mercy of which there was evidence that none is coming. 
as they purged and ruined the Big 12. Correct. And went first-name basis with ESPN executives to kind of kowtow towards them and hope that maybe they'll throw us a couple extra So bucks. that was the approach a year ago. My question would be, what's the approach this time? Can't be that. Not that it makes much of a difference, but if you want any inkling whatsoever that radical changes that are going to benefit teams in the ACC is on the horizon, you would have to hear it in two weeks when we go to Charlotte. We're very close to doing it. You know, it's not this next week, but the week after, we're there, and we will find out. That's the only thing I care to hear uh, him talk about. I mean, there's nothing else to say. Don't don't celebrate lacrosse or water polo. Don't talk about winning long-distance track events. Don't talk about nonsense like that. Just what is going to happen, if anything, to keep this thing from being devastatingly off course. Well, then you should join the ballroom 15 minutes after the scheduled start of the talk because the first 15 minutes is going to be about all of the sports that the ACC does regularly regularly compete and win in. Well, that is about to be the, the least attended uh, annual event uh, on the docket moving forward of any of the big-time events that the collective media gets together at. If, if that continues, so let's say this is this. there's nothing new, there's nothing of any kind of you know information that would deemed to be positive what are you gonna do i mean imagine so I, we, we'll just stop going i would just be like oh, we're not going next year gene what's the point well they'll make it four days instead what we can do is increase the amount of time for the kickoff because now it's three days for the first time ever yeah it's um it's fun i love running into uh people that we've known for many years covering a lot of the programs around the conference there was a time, was that 2015 when the ACC was really strong? Was that the 2015 year? 2015 kickoff, the 2014 season, season they were strong. They were really good. Yeah, that's it. That year was, six, yeah. Uh, yeah, Clemson beats Oklahoma with uh, the backup quarterback. Oh, like a drum. Uh, Georgia Tech took out Mississippi State that's in the right. Orange Bowl. Big time bowl game. We were out in California we're for that California, game. We were out in California, 29 straight. That's right. Yeah, yeah we had won yeah. 29. Yeah, there was, it was all there. And and at that time, like the mid-level teams were good. Where you were looking around, going, you know what, this team's good. Virginia Tech's not bad. Maybe it was the last year that they were good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were all these moments where you thought, oh, okay. Yeah, Tech took us down to the wire in, in the ACC championship, which made game, zero sense. But they were legitimately a good team. Yeah, you know, I'm not talking about the 12 game. I'm talking about the 14 game. They were going to beat Mississippi State in a New Year's Six Bowl. But that was actually a, a pretty good win. Florida State had a lot of games that season where you go, oh, my God, that's awful and embarrassing that you win by a score. The nation hates us, so it makes it magically okay. Mm -hmm. But that game was tight the whole way. That wasn't we were awful for a half and we came back. It was just score for score. And then Bobby – or not Bobby Dodd, that's the stadium. But Paul Johnson (laughs) fell off the map after that. Uh, He was was done. He was at his wits end. He was about to argue with Ira about stuff. He was about His to next be conference win was over us in 2015. And that hell of an effort to make a tackle there. But we didn't even we, we didn't even mind you and I as we watched that game from the corner pocket bar and grill we out did. on the deck and laughed. And I was like, "Take it to the house, go score on the block kick." You did? I oh, I wanted him to score. I was like, "This we deserve this. This is awesome. Score!" I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. I was yelling at him. Score. Score. We should. This is ridiculous. This is what happens. I was yelling, this is what happens. I could have said the second part, but that's exactly what happens. Half-stepping. Ridiculous game. Got your crowbar? This is what happens, Jimbo. <laughs> Look outside. Do you see this, what this, happens, this is Jimbo? What I- <laughs> it's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. Ira Chappelle will be set to join us here in about six minutes. We'll bring him on, get caught up. The smash tonight, is that uh, you and uh, Ira, Aslan and Ira? That's what we got? Okay, tonight the smash, Aslan and Ira Chappelle. Ira to join us in about six minutes. On the note of uh, Florida State relevant information, uh, I mentioned a moment ago, Two things that were pretty negative. Here's a good one. And I, again, I, this is something to go on and on about, but we kind of guessed it was going to happen, and it has. And that is uh, that Luke Cromenhaw continues to just move on up these boards. He's the number third, three-ranked quarterback overall in the 2024 rankings for on three now. Uh, every time he gets a chance to show his wares, he impresses. So the thing you like about having a kid like that at the most visible position is that he's also – a very active recruiter for you. We've talked about that quite a bit too. So good news that his star rises, and as it does, his profile gets bigger to other recruits, and he's not bashful about asking said recruits to come play at Florida State. So all the momentum that you want in recruiting with some of those yeses and more to come. Last week when we had Michael Langston on, he mentioned that he thought around the 15th there'd be a big weekend for Florida State in terms of kids committing and then maybe at the end of the month. I think that's when Lester is going to announce late July. Yeah, 28th. So you got a five-star kid announcing there. Seems like Florida State is going to hit on three to four, maybe five more kids that will help change their class ranking. I don't lose sleep over class rankings unless we're sitting in the 40s or something right now, and we're not. But uh, for those that do concern themselves with it on a daily basis, that news is going to continue to get better. Well, and it did for Jonathan Daniels as well, the offensive tackle Mm -hmm. prospect, who, again, Mm -hmm. you know, each industry, each outlet in the industry has their own say. But for on three, Daniels climbed 70 spots. 
from 117 to 47. Well, there's a dearth of linemen in this year's class, uh, that uh, a quality lineman anyhow. So when you find one, uh, they're going to go way up the list pretty quickly. Yeah. So now a very strong four-star, top 10 tackle in all the country, top 10 player in the state of Florida. That's a great development because, again, you want your reputation in the trenches to be that of badasses. And Florida State on the offensive line is getting better and better. The transfer portal helped facilitate that. Had a really good offensive line recruiting class two years ago. Last year's was headlined by Lucas Simmons. We like the Andre Otto kid as well. Mm -hmm. But now you want to have another year where you can fortify the ranks. And if it's not this 2024 class, it has to be the next one. But Alex Atkins' reputation is continuing to be as a trendsetter and a trailblazer when it comes to the recruiting rankings. Because Jonathan Daniels, when we were on him initially, good prospect, but not great. Now trending way up. And I think Florida State offers have a lot to do with that these days, which is completely different than it used different to be. Different than it used to be, and exciting to see that they continue to do a good job in evaluation there. By the way, that top 40 list whittled down to the final five. You've seen number five. You've seen number four. Now number three is in the books, and number two, Jared Verse, is coming in at number two on our top 40, Warchan top 40 list. Uh, that video is up. That story is up. Uh, Corey and I talked about Johnny Wilson at number three and what he is. Uh, you and I have had conversations about this list and how much for, more fun it was putting it together this year than in years past, partly because of superstars like Jared Verse, who, you know, well, we're talking about growing reputations. Well, I mean, when you're projected in some preseason draft, uh, you know, projections as a number five or number four or number three pick, okay. Yeah, and this was it was easy for the staff. Consensus number one and number two on the team. We've had a consensus top player most years in the War Chant top forty, but yeah, there's usually one. Now one and two are across the board. We all know who they are. Jared Verse, I think, from last year to this year has done a very good job of getting more dense, NFL ready. It looks like the work that he's done with Coach Storms and in the weight room. He was already an athlete that just is cut a little bit differently. We understand that. But you got to have a little bit extra, that 1% on top of the 1% in order to be an NFL lottery pick or to be a top 10 pick. Or if he could, in fact, become the number one rush edge rusher off the board in the NFL draft next year. But he looks the part now that, you know, it's not just about speed. It's also about power and power at a very high power five level. So that's the thing that I think is, is changing and developing for him this year. The oddity of Jared Verse to me, and it's been this way since he arrived, you know, when he was at Albany, he was projected as the number one or two transfer portal player, right? That he was that guy that everybody wanted. And when we beat out Miami and Tennessee. so many other teams, Tennessee, that's right, for his services, you thought, okay, good. They got a kid that is really well thought of, that is skyrocketing up the board, but did play at Albany. We saw him against Syracuse, by the way, and we saw how well he played in that game, and that got everybody's attention. But he looked undersized to me at the time. You know, I, I thought, okay, well, for big-time – College football, he's going to have to get bigger. I didn't know how strong he was. We needed to see that in person. We got a pretty good idea early on that that punch was different. He had the ability to blow past you, but he could get into your body and move you, even though I thought he was somewhat slight for a guy projected to go in the first round, right? And it's all relative. I mean, he, he was a plus player right from the get-go, but I just was talking about that elite level that we're referring to now. And then he got hurt against Louisville, and that's an early season game. And he had to kind of work around that injury the entirety of the season. And you could see it more in some games than others. Sometimes, I don't know if that's Tordal or whatever it was, he was shot up properly and feeling pretty good, and he could get out the gates and play really well for you. 
Other times, he looked like he was just doing enough to help you, but he wasn't a game-changing player. Now, think about that. Think about how many games he played hurt last year, and he still ended up with nine sacks. He still had 17 tackles for loss. That's a that's a lot of tackles for loss. Um, so, you know, we remember the game-ending sack against Oklahoma. We remember all the things that he did in, in the biggest moments. But he was doing all this in which he was having to kind of reserve what he had in the tank. Yeah. To protect the knee. Well, there's a couple of circumstances. One was Wake Forest where he could only play on a pitch count mm. because of health. But then you think about all of the other games that were outright blowouts. And so you get so many fewer cracks at racking up double-digit sacks, 20-plus tackles for loss because of your injury, but then also because the second and third team defense is out there for a whole lot of football the last month and a half of the season. And still you rack up that kind of production. That's what could be scary about this year if he remains healthy. Also, the fact that the defensive line is more talented across the board. So while you're going to get a ton of attention, you'll still get less net attention than you would last year because you're not the only star that they have up front. And something we haven't mentioned a lot about because we get caught up in that size and and how much stronger he's gotten and how much uh, he was able to produce despite being hurt. Let's assume he's healthy all season this year. Let's assume he puts on, because he's a workout monster, another 5 to 10 pounds. So that's going to put Jared Verse in the 260-265 range. He's 6'4", a little over 6'4". He's got that explosiveness. If he's healthy for the entirety of this season, uh, you could see why it is the NFL is coveting this guy as a top 10 pick. So it was an easy one to come in in the top two. He was number two on our top 40 list. Ira Chaffel, Warchant.com, joins us right now as he's wont to do on a Monday. Hello, Ira. How are you, brother? I'm great, Jeff. How are you doing? Good, man. I just got excited talking about Jared Verse. <laughs> I, I can understand that, dude. I, I actually was listening to a little bit of the first hour, and you guys got me excited. So uh, it's, uh, it's that time of year, I guess. It is that time of year, and I'm. it's been one that has kind of whisked through and now that we're on the precipice of doing some fun things uh you and i are going to do some fun things together in fact i can't announce that today but we're figuring out a way to talk about it this week and then of course uh the following week as a staff we all go uh to charlotte and we're all excited about that as well and then we come back and basically it's go time it's camp time and we have that first press conference with mike norvell and that luncheon uh what are you most excited to hear about and i have a specific question Uh, as it relates to something that everybody wants to know, and maybe you have some inside information on the process. You're always great about this. Um, When we talk about a player that's waiting on a waiver, like Daryl Jackson, uh, what 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 does FSU do week to week? Is there anything where they get told how far out it is that the NCAA is deciding? Is he on a ledger? Is he case seven and they're on case two? Like, what is the process on a week-to-week, month-to-month basis of finding out when we're going to know about Daryl Jackson. Yeah, that's actually uh, a process story would be smart. We, that's something we should look at trying to do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, every case is a little bit different. But in general, there's like two different parts of it. There's One is the, the staff uh, side in terms of the ACC and the NCAA staff will be doing their due diligence, communicating with the school that they transfer from, communicating the school that they're transferring to, gathering all the information that they've got from each side, comparing the notes, and then asking for documentation. So the staff at Florida State will have to provide documentation. They'll ask for documentation from the Miami side. In Daryl Jackson's case, they'll provide documentation. So you've got that kind of exchanging of information, kind of like I think 
you'd say maybe an illegal matter where you've got both sides kind of sending their uh, stuff to the other side. And then ultimately, these decisions get made by, you know, bureaucrats basically at the NCAA or the ACC sometimes, but also the NCAA. And then those people are, you know, they don't have like a, a, it's not like they're just sitting there only doing this matter. So they'll meet occasionally at certain times throughout the summer or throughout the year to, to handle whatever cases are there. And then sometimes they may give a ruling and then it gets sent back and then, then it gets appealed and then it gets kicked back again. Sometimes appeals aren't necessarily a bad thing. They just, it's just a process they have to go through. Um, there have been kids in the past that uh, had to get, like, for example, Demetri Emanuel, um, I think you guys talked about mm-hmm. it, was out there that it had been denied and had to be appealed, but that was a formality. That's just how the process works. So even though you get denied, sometimes that's just part of the process. So every case is a little bit different, but yeah, it becomes lengthy because you're, part of it is the, just the nature of going back and forth between several parties. And then part of it is a lot of times the people that make the decisions, committees that make decisions, this isn't what they do all the time. So you have to wait till they can kind of meet. Does FSU get a heads up on when it is they reconvene so they can have some idea of, okay, the next time we may hear something, we may hear something is July the 19th or August the 7th. Like, do they, you know, what I'm wondering is it doesn't seem like it should be anyhow. It ought not be willy nilly. It ought to be, hey, his case didn't come up this, this month. We had these other things we're doing. He is scheduled to come up on the 12th and, and we'll let you know you know, what was ruled or whether it was appealed or whatever it is, do they get any clue whatsoever or does it feel like it's completely random? Like, Hey, maybe it happens next week or maybe it happens right in the middle of the season and you're screwed. No, I think generally they're kept pretty abreast, you know, but it's a small group of people. It's the compliance staff. Um, it may be a couple of high level administrators. It might be the head coach, but a lot of times it doesn't go beyond that because you don't really want a lot of people talking about it or knowing about it because if it gets denied, then you have to appeal it again. And that's just now you've got a lot of people talking about it and asking questions to the player and maybe talking to the media about it. So usually the circle's pretty tight. But, yeah, there are people who know. It's just not a lot of them. And a lot of the times they don't want to talk about it because they don't want to put things out there before they have a final decision. Well, it's a big deal. <laughs> and I'd really like it to be resolved. Hey, what can you tell us? I know you wrote the piece for War Chant on uh, – Chandler Jackson, I know there's probably precious little you can tell us, but he's been suspended, and this is not the standard modus operandi for Florida State basketball. Everything seems to stay under that umbrella. It's carefully guarded secret. When kids do get suspended, it stays within the program. Hamilton has always done a good job with that, yet this is very public. That struck me as interesting and not so good. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's one of two things, Um, and one of them, like you said, is it's not so good. It's so serious that, you know, that's uh, very concerning. There's another option, though. You know, I was over there talking to uh, the basketball staff the other day, and, and they were actually you – know, I was talking to Stan Jones, and he was talking very positively about Chandler Jackson and uh, how well he's done this offseason and how much better he's gotten. And, and um, so, you know, it seemed to me as of four or five days ago, things were, were trending in the right direction. Um, the other possibility is, you know, there's no secret that that team was dysfunctional last year. Yep. And that team did not defend – they didn't play hard for each other. There was a lack of accountability on the court, probably off the court. Um, so if you're trying – I did get the impression when I was doing, doing some of those conversations that they are trying to get back to what Florida State used to be in terms of really hard-nosed defensively, really tight-knit, really doing the right things, accountability and all those types of things. 
And if that's the case, it could be a situation where Leonard Hamilton's laying down the law and saying, look, I'm not going to cover for you. I'm putting this out there and trying to kind of lay the law for the rest of the group. So that's an option. I don't know which one it is. Um, I just, I would say it doesn't, there is a theory where it's not something, uh, because I've had a few people ask me who assume it's really serious because, you know, the one thing that's always kind of misunderstood, and I try to write it to explain it a little bit, people, when they see suspended indefinitely, people always assume that means, oh, it's the end of the world. All that means is they just don't know how long he's going to be suspended for. Sometimes that's two weeks. Sometimes that's six months. Sometimes it means you're going to be kicked off the team. But indefinitely only means they just don't know yet. So I, I would caution people uh, before they get too carried away. One million two hundred plus thousand dollars. It would seem likely to go to Jackson Baumeister based on slot. He's gone. What you'd uh, assume, by the way. <laughs> I, would, uh, I would assume so. I mean, man, congratulations to him. I mean, could you imagine being on this team, being five and five with a five over five ERA, and you get picked in the second round of the draft? I mean, that speaks to uh, you know his upside. Well, I'm going to yeah. curse your Baltimore Orioles for screwing us. <laughs> I'm excited for young Jack. Yes, you are. <laughs> well, you can have Baumeister. We got skeins, buddy. There you go. Uh, yeah, no, I, I just I thought it was a formality, but it'd be funny to ask you about whether or not he'd turn down uh, over a million dollars to come back and play Florida State next year. Hey, he does have one more year of leverage. He is only a sophomore, but uh, that would be that would be uh, an all time betting on yourself. I think if you decided to pass it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I would think so too. And then Kromanoff moves to the number three ranked quarterback in the country according to On Three. That's a a nice note uh, specifically. And I was just talking about this before you came on because that kid's an active recruiter and now he has an even higher profile to do it. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah, you know, I mean, and again, you know, just it's it, it. He's one of those where the returns just get better and better. You know, like everything he goes to, he handles himself really well. He's a smart kid. He wants to recruit. He's got a big personality. And now, like, the national rankings are, are coming. And so now, man, he's ranked against guys that, like, some of the best quarterbacks in the country. I mean, he's the number three quarterback in the country. I mean, think about that. It's, uh, you know, think about just three or four years ago, uh, there was a former head coach here who, who who wouldn't sign a high school quarterback. Couldn't get him. For a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get a high school quarterback. And then, you know, obviously, you know, Norvell's, you know, looking under rocks. I mean, he gets, you know, get some guys, but it, it was a tough go. So it's, uh, man, you just, uh, they, I really feel like they hit the lottery with the uh, Luke Kremen Hawk. That's going to be a really fascinating, uh, competition. Like you think about Kremen Hawk coming in, uh, the next year, and then you have a kid in Brock Glenn. They really like, they like Brock Glenn. Yeah. And, and they were so, we all were so excited by what we saw there. The guy that gets lost in the shuffle is AJ Duffy. And one is going to presume that he's the odd man out, but we don't know that for certain. And then, of course, everybody's wondering whether or not Tate Rodemaker will win the job after Jordan Travis leaves this year. The quarterback room is is a lot better and a lot more interesting than it used to be. No question, and I, you know, I think the thing with AJ is, look, man, I mean, he he has decided to stay at least this year, which is a good sign because it makes you feel like he doesn't feel like he's out in the cold. You know, he doesn't feel like he's been passed yet, and he feels like he's going to be a, a competitor in that contest for next year. Because a lot of guys, I mean, look at the, around the country. You know, a lot of people thought Luke would have left, or excuse me, that Tate would have left after last year. I never thought Tate would leave, mostly because I know who he is and his family is, and and just I never. There's an old school mentality there. I never thought he would leave, but AJ would be the guy you would be concerned about, and uh, he stuck it out, man. So he's obviously confident that he's going to have a chance. 
And uh, as you said, man, it's going to be a it's going to be a really fun competition. It should be uh, tonight. The smash you and Aslan get together should be great as always. Seven o'clock for everybody wanting to tune in as they should on War Chant TV. Enjoy a beverage or two and listen to those two fine gentlemen break down Florida State and any number of other things and take your questions as well. Ira, talk to you later, brother. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Jeff. See you, man. Yep. Take care. Ira Schfeld, WarChant.com. Um, well, Brock. So Brocklin is what six two six three six two. Yeah, it's in that neighborhood, 6262. Yeah, 6'2, somewhere in there. AJ Duffy's 6'2, six, 6'1, six, somewhere in there, 6'2, I think. Um, so there's not a distinct disadvantage in terms of pocket presence, 6'4, six, 6'5, six, or 6'1, six, 6'2, six, something like that. Uh Cromanhawk is what? What what's his closer uh, to 6'4, six, 6'5? Six, yeah, he's a big kid. Yeah. I mean, he's legit 6'4 plus. Yeah. Well, that's that's good. That is an advantage. Yes, I know. There you go. That's good. Well, he's six, yeah, 6'4, six, 200 pounds in high school. Uh it's only going to get bigger and stronger. It's going to be interesting. I, yeah, I mean, one of those three guys ain't going to be here in a couple of years. That's correct. all I'm saying. It, it's easy to say right now, though. This is the obvious part. Brock Glenn is a better practicer than A.J. Duffy was at the same point in their career. Oh, easily. Yeah, He looks also more talented. That's only half of the battle. Yeah. and you, Maybe it's less than half the battle. It's about what you can do in a game setting. The problem is, I mean, maybe they could all get together in a game setting in Ireland against Georgia Tech next year, and, and you could continue a battle early into the 2024 season, but you're going to have to show out at practice and in scrimmages. That's what it's going to be about. And in the second half of games this year, that's the advantage that Tate and Duffy and Glenn have over Cromanhawk, who everybody loves. Everybody loves that ability. But you could put game tape out there right here, right now, this season. And if you are A.J. Duffy or Brock Glenn, what a critical battle it is to see who can be the third quarterback that comes off the sidelines for presumably five-plus Blowout situations this year, you would think that they have a chance to get into. If you're Brock Glenn, maybe you you keep the shirt. Yeah, but he has a chance to get in four games this year yeah, if he, he earns those reps. He, he does. I, I think we're going to keep a close eye on this situation. There are lots of situations we're going to keep a close eye on for the reason that we're trying to project what 2024's game in Ireland looks like. Not just you know that season in general. I'm not punting the 2024 season the way I've heard so many fans do. Like it's everybody feels like it's feast or famine that you got to win this year because you're not going to win the following year. No, 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 I'm not doing that. Florida State's recruiting much better than they were. They're really, really good and active, and you know they've been very successful in the portal. They'll have to be again, though. Well, well yeah, but they're going to have. They've already got guys. So, for example, guys that they've brought in from the high school ranks that are probably not going to start this year, but would start in 2024 and be of great value to you. Julian Armella. I'll, yeah. I'll use him as an example. Julian Armella is a plus player in college football in the Power Five rankings. He's a kid that would be starting anywhere else in the ACC, just about, maybe not Clemson, but j- everywhere else he'd be starting, okay? He he could fight to start here. We'll see. He might. I, I'm not projecting him to as of right now, but he might. So that kid is your starter all of a sudden. If you do that with the offensive line in general – you're really excited about what you have in that group up front. And we know games were won and lost in the trenches. So you start there. The 2024 offensive line is going to be good. It's going to be good. Yeah, it should be. So you're running back room. Okay, so you're going to lose Trey Benson. There's no getting around that. He's a superstar, and we know that. You're going to lose Lawrence Tofili, right? You're going to lose him. But, man, you're the you're the chief of the Rodney Hill fan club. So Rodney Hill, C.J. Mm-hmm. Campbell, Keziah Holmes, they, the, kid, they, the kids are bringing in. They've got studs. So now you, you, you're loaded at running back. You're going to lose Johnny Wilson. Uh, probably going to lose Keon Coleman after this year. 
but then Kentron Portier would be a starter. Hakeem Williams will be a starter. All Day Dre will be a starter. This is this is shaping up very nicely, I might say. That's uh, not bad. That's just a few. Another year of Marquiston, Kyle Deuce Morlock. Span getting better. Yeah. Marquiston comes back. Kyle Morlock Landon becomes Thomas. a star, possibly. Landon Thomas is a five-star tied in. So now I've just given you a backfield that's good, an offensive line that is good, a tied in group that is good, a receiving group that is good. You just need to have a quarterback not suck. Yeah, and need to be able to get stops. Okay, well, now, don't, don't be ruining this. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we got a whole thing going here with the offense, and it's going to be good. I'm not putting on 2024, damn you. Jeff three 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Three Real Talk Radio, our thanks to uh, Iris Chappelle. Man, we kind of went long. We got all excited, pumped up about uh, all that is forthcoming. It's already 49 minutes into the hour. When you're breaking down the offense, it's uh, it, all I could say. I was talking to the director during the break. They really need to be able to run 11 on 11, two separate fields at the same time for this camp. It's critical to work those quarterbacks to the bone to figure oh, yeah. out some get, answers. Yeah, because if you get an answer, you're going to be really good on offense again. See, I'm, I'm talking about greatness. I want to dominate college football. I want to play for titles. I want to be what Georgia is right now. We have always aspired to that. So to get there, you've got to solve problems for the 2024 and 2025 seasons. Now, right now in recruiting, they're doing a good job with that, and we know they hit the portal and hit it well. But they've got to figure out who your quarterback's going to be. I'm not so sure in 2024 it's Tate. I'm not so sure. So we'll see. It could be, but I'm not excluding him. I'm just it's not so good sure news it is. if he is, because that means that his game has climbed to a level of a consistency that we have yet to see. Yeah, so then you so you figure that out. Now, you're right. You were right, and I, I laughed, and we had fun with that at the end there when you threw some salt on it and decided to – to, to get rid of uh, the fun there by looking at the defense. It's just, you're going to need a lot of money to retain Patrick Payton. You know? Well, and I don't know that you can. I don't. So Byron Turner needs to not suck. Lamont Green Jr., eat, take steroids, get bigger. Uh, but you're going to have Josh Farmer, okay? You need money for him, too. Well, yeah. come on, man. First of all, he's a legacy. Uh, oh, no, Josh Farmer. Sorry, you're right. No, he's not. Uh, you do need money. We're already paying him money. He got his already. Come on, Josh. Keep going. Let's go. Keep we took care of you. it up. Yeah, well, I assume they're going to do that, right? They, they're they going to have to recruit well on the defensive line. I'm, I'm with you on this because I don't – I'm not – you know, Malcolm Ray is what he is. So, yes, we got we got to do better. Got to do better. Interior, you're okay for next year. Mm, you're okay. You got to have more. But Lions is going to be fine. Io is good. I Io's think Lions leg- is good too. Io is really legit good. I don't know that Lions is good. I think he's okay. Well, he's not a run stuffer, but he's going to be one of those guys in the interior who can make a guy miss and be explosive in the backfield. So he's he's the lightning. You need more thunder at defensive interior, which is why you need Josh Farmer to come back next year. And you need to spend on Peyton. Got to and spend a lot. go get some damn linebackers. Well, no. you're all set now. No, Brian Courtney's here. No, no, no. That was needed. It was needed. It was the right move, as correctly predicted by yours truly over a year ago. Uh, but we got Courtney and Nicholson and OG. I like Nicholson. I'm excited about that. We'll see. Come on, Omar. Keep developing. Keep developing. There's no superstars there right now. Maybe there will be. Maybe there will be. Shaheem should be back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has to. He, yes, well, he would he, have to be. 
Yes, he would. Have, so Shaheen would be back. Kirkland is a stud. Hussey's going to be good. Hussey's going to be good. Azaria uh, yeah. Thomas mm-hmm. is going to be good. Uh, yeah, Renardo will be year nine, so he's got to be gone. Uh, Dent year nine got to be gone. Dent, so definitely, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Quindarius. We like Quindarius Jones. So I forgot Smooth. about Quindarius. Yeah, Quindarius is going to be good. See, see. All right, all right. You're not far away from filling in the holes and piecing it together. Get you a stud defensive tackle in the portal. You do that. Like a guy that comes in and dominates, like a, a, like a Daryl Jackson type. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, you do that. That defense doesn't have to suck. You are going to lose Jared Verse, uh, who is you're not going to be able to replace. But we said that about Jermaine Johnson. Fabian Fisk. No, no, I know that that's the interior Darryl. that you're talking about. I'm worried about all of that. I'm, I'm talking about the outside. Patrick, you probably lose. That's again. I think if the uh, the pie was divided more equally between players like I don't know Jordan Travis, Johnny Wilson, Trey Benson, Fabian Love, and Jared Verse this last year, you could probably take three of those slices combined into one for a guy like Patrick Payton. Yeah, yeah, um, they're yeah they're going to have some portal work to do on that side of the ball. There, there's there's no doubt. Like when we're talking about, you know, a defensive tackle, a defensive end, a linebacker. I'm all right with the secondary. I think they're going to be able to fill those spots. They've got got on the roster right now that I like. Yeah, and you might want to dip in for one more O-lineman, maybe. Take a look at that situation. But you could have Lucas and Armella as your two tackles next year. Keandre oh, Jones, I don't think, will be back for another year and some of those young pups you, have developed. You, you are absolutely set uh, on the offensive line next year. I think you're fine there. And then I think you're going to like your tackles next year. No, no, no. The, the offensive side of the ball, I'm really not looking at. It is truly the defensive side of the ball that I'm looking at as, okay, now, granted, the one exception is that you do have to find a, a quarterback that you love. Yeah, but you don't necessarily have to go to the portal for that. No, it's, no, no. you got guys. In-house, you've got In options. fact, I don't think they are going to want to go to the portal for that. Agreed. I don't think you're going to run two guys off. Well, if you went to the portal for that, it would mean that Tate Rodemaker just wasn't the guy and you were willing to sacrifice him. Because you could you could pull so for example, you could pull Brock Glenn and AJ Duffy and Crobin Hawk if you needed to in and say, guys, you're going to have your fair chance to start. But let's say you were pushing Tate out and there was a viable senior quarterback. Like you've seen all around the ACC, Jerkovich yeah. or somebody like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jerkovich, like somebody like that, right? Now, I'm not saying he's, because he, this is his last year, but a guy like that is available, who you know is plug and play, makes you better. I'm just using him. You know, you you would maybe think about doing that at that yeah, point. But yeah, you're running off Duffy, too. You, I well, you, I don't care. You're running off Duffy. I know that's where you would go, and that's the conclusion you would draw. But, yes, right, if right. you bring in a portal guy, you're losing two that you currently have on the roster. Well, one of them's Tate, so you don't care about that. If that if you've decided to Correct. go that route, you mean it's, it means you've already decided that. Correct. So you don't care about that. The only one you'd care about is AJ, maybe. Maybe. But if Croman Hawk and Glenn are great, then you don't care at all. Which is why you've got to run offense on two fields at the same I mean, they have to get as many reps as possible this camp. They got to. Critical. Man, the competition over and over and over again. I talk about what's going to be fun in camp is this competition's going to be intense. Ooh. This has been fun. No problems today, baby. Nobody's pitching. No, nobody's pitching. Good work out of you. Good job, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. Hope you enjoy the rest of your Monday. Peace.